Hey everybody, thanks for joining us at the Central and Janesville podcast. Please remember to check us out on centraljanesville.com throughout the week. We're excited for wherever God's got you at right now, and we hope this message brings you a little closer. Thanks. Can I tell you one of the things that I think is one, some of the funniest things that happens in my life? I find it hilarious when people talk trash and then fail miserably to back up what they say. Now, I may have been known at times to do this a few times in my life before, uh, but usually it's me talking trash about things that I know I can't do, uh, like synchronized swimming or something like that. I usually don't talk too much trash in the things that actually matter to me until I've actually beaten somebody. And then I, I might talk a little bit of trash. Uh, one of the kids in our church, Andrew Horde, was telling me about a kid that started trash talking him before a JV wrestling match uh, one time. And he said, the kid came up to him and was like, you're awful, you're no good. And then he was stomping around the mat before they got going. Andrew's just like standing there watching him. And then when it came time for the match, Andrew said he pinned him in like 15 seconds. Now seriously, what makes people do that? So many people talk really big, but then they can't back it up. And it happens in the most subtle and yucky sometimes of ways in how we interact in the online world. Most of us today have some type of social media. And you know what? I'm finding myself posting less and less because it seems like whatever I'm going to post just is not an accurate description of my life. You think about it. How many times do you post stuff that makes you look vulnerable in any way? Some of us, though, in an effort to to be super real, we get too vulnerable on social media and we're unreal like in a whole nother way. It's like all or nothing with us. And my biggest thing is I always want to let people know about the funny things that happen in my world. It's usually the, the only thing that I think about posting about these days. And so if I did that all the time, you'd probably think, man, this guy lives the funniest life. Only funny things happen to him. But that's not true. We're we're kind of all a bunch of big talkers. We make our lives look one way, but it's just usually it's not anything like that at all. Maybe you're a dad who's never home with the family, but the only thing that you let the online world see is the one fun hour each week that you take for your family during the weekend. Or maybe your marriage is feeling really rocky at the moment, but you tell the world about all your dates and all your sweet little nicknames for each other. Honestly, we don't need to hear it, people, okay? What are we doing when we do this kind of stuff? Who are we really? Does the world get one image while the the real image is a completely different picture? Do you you talk way bigger than you actually really live? Now on the whole, this morning, uh, this message is sort of geared towards addressing the men in the room uh, as today's Father's Day, but but let's be real. All the things that we're going to cover today, they really apply to every single one of us. Whether you're male or female, married or single, young or old, uh, it really doesn't matter. God calls every single one of us to faithfulness, and today, We all should hear something that's going to challenge us in some area. We're all guilty of letting ourselves down and letting each other down because we so often fall short of what we even claim we are. But there's power in remaining faithful. There's power in doing what we say we're going to do and being who we claim to be. And today we're going to look at a few areas where God is, I think, wanting us to drive drive our lives towards faithful living. It's essential to grow in faithfulness. If if we're going to have families and churches and communities that are growing and thriving and becoming what God intends us to become. Uh, So the question today is, where am I called to be faithful? And what does this faithfulness actually look like? Uh, 
So take a look at me with, uh, it's one really seemingly simple yet powerful verse from Proverbs. All right, Proverbs 20, verse six, it says this, many claim to have unfailing love, but a faithful person who can find? Another version might say it more like this, most pr men proclaim their own goodness, but who can find a man of faithfulness? In other words, you might talk about how really great you are, but what does it mean if you're not backing it up with a faithful lifestyle? Now, one of the really good commentators of the book of Proverbs is a guy named Derek Kidner, and he says the contrast here in this verse is between what we confess and what's real. The contrast is not between us being good and being faithful. Uh, I think the heart of this passage lies in us being people who do less whitewashing of our lives in order to get people to think that we're good. And it's about being more faithful to living the life which Jesus is calling us to, which truly is good. And I think this can apply to everyone listening. Uh, fathers, mothers, little kids, uh, all of us have it in us to want to sugarcoat our character and our nature. But God's desire for us is to see faithfulness rise to the surface in our lives. Now it takes a faithful man to his word and to his God to be more than just talk. Same goes for any of us. This morning, uh, let's look at some of the areas that we all have a deep call to in faithfulness, to acting a certain way rather than just talking a good game. All right, so let's take a look. The first thing here that, that I want to talk about in faithfulness is faithful people are faithful to family. Now, both men and women are faithful to a lot of things other than family at times. Uh, we like to confess our faithfulness to, to having a stand-up family home life, uh, but reality maybe just doesn't always match up. Don't get me wrong, I don't think you should be going around being overly upfront with people about every time they ask you about how things are going in your life. Um, can you imagine if, if we were like that? You go into a store and, and uh, an acquaintance asks you, hey, how you doing? And they're like, oh man, today I, I woke up in a bad mood, I cussed out my kids, my, my wife and I haven't talked for like three days. Yeah, I can't, I can't stand her right now. Uh, being faithful doesn't mean that we need to be open and honest about everything that's actually necessarily happening in our lives, our families' lives. Because uh, every time we ask how you're doing, that's not what people are looking for. People are, it's just another way of saying hello, but faithfulness also doesn't mean that we're putting our highlight reel on social media for people to see the best of our home lives. And meanwhile, our lack of faithfulness to building that very family is wreaking havoc on our home. We're called to doing something to build up our families rather than just putting off the impression that we have a great family. And it's gonna be hard for you to convince me that we can be totally right and connected with God without having a healthy commitment to our families. Uh, John talks about this in his first New Testament letter in 1 John chapter 3. Here's what he writes. For this is the message you heard from the beginning. We should love one another. Do not be like Cain, who belonged to the evil one and murdered his brother. And why did he murder him? Because his own actions were evil. We know that we have passed from death to life because we love each other. Anyone who does not love remains in death. Anyone who hates a brother or sister is a murderer. And you know that no murderer has eternal life residing in him. Now there is a strong equation, correlation here between being right with God and being right with family. I'm not saying that you can always be right with every family member, but 
as much as you can control it, especially with family, your willingness to be at peace with them is strongly indicative of your faithfulness to God as well. Romans 12, 18 says, if it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. You can't separate being right with the people nearest to you and being right with God. John actually hits it again, hits the nail on the head again in uh, 1 John 4, verse 20. He says, whoever claims to love God yet hates a brother or sister is a liar. For whoever does not love their brother and sister whom they have seen, they cannot love God whom they have not seen. If you claim to love God, but you can't even take the time to love your family adequately, what is that saying about your claim at loving God? Now, I don't think sermons are meant to make you walk out of church feeling like a loser and feeling like there's no way that God loves you because you've done everything wrong. But guess what? There are times in all of our lives where our actions show that love for God is not on our front radar. The beauty of the gospel, the beauty of God's hope entering into our world through Jesus is that God loves us even when we fail to love people adequately. Now, last week when I, when I prayed for my kids in the morning and then ignored them while I was giving more attention to my phone than, than, my, than to them, my lack of love didn't disqualify me of receiving God's love. When you yelled at your kid for no reason other than that they were annoying the crud out of you, your lack of love didn't disqualify you from receiving God's love. And that's the beauty of Jesus' story. Even when we mess up, his love doesn't fall short. But we can't sugarcoat this. When I fall short in my love for my family, I am falling short in my love for Jesus. Plain and simple. I want to be faithful in my love both of my family and Jesus. And we can do it. We can mess it up, but we can get back up again and do it better at our next opportunity. And we have some instruction on how to do that. Man, I want you to listen to what Paul says in Ephesians 5.25. He says, Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself for her. Do you want to be faithful to your family? It starts right here. Be faithful to your spouse. Now, oftentimes, this boils down in two ways. Um, you've probably heard it before. Men, love your wife. Women, respect your husband. It's how so many of us are wired. Uh, another thing that, that we hear a lot is this. You can measure the temperature of a home by the woman. Now, what does that actually mean? It means that women are often the, the thermometers of the home. How they go, everyone in the house seems to kind of go too. But just as our wives kind of measure the temperature of the home, God gives the husband oftentimes the ability to sort of set the temperature of the home. It's as if the wife is the thermometer, but the husband is the thermostat. I, I know I've seen it in my house with my wife. My love displayed to her can often set the temperature. You know, we're all going to feel the temperature that, that the mom is giving to the home, but my love for my wife is going to have a lot to do with where that temperature is getting set at. Ephesians is teaching us that as husbands, we need to pattern ourselves after Jesus, who gave himself, humbled himself, sacrificed himself for the church. You want to be, you want a better temperature in your home, men? Pour out yourself a deepened sense of love for your wife. You don't know where you're going to find more love? Go to the giver of love. Go to Jesus. He is your example. He's your strength. Now, that's not everything that Scripture teaches about uh, being faithful to the family, though. Men and women, both. Uh, here's another one for, for all of us. Be faithful to your children. 
Ephesians 6, 4 says, Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. Proverbs 22, 6 uh, in the King James Version says, Train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. Now, I want you to notice that word training there. The, the Bible, at least in this King James Version, it doesn't say teach your child. It says train your child. Now, if I wanted my girls to become point guards, because that's what I was growing up, uh, but if I wanted them to be point guards on a basketball team, I could teach them about it. I could tell them all the things that they need to, to know, the things that they need in their head about what it means to be a point guard. But I also know this, head knowledge just isn't enough. I can't take them through a course on running a basketball team on the court and then just throw them into a game. We gotta practice. We have to play the game and we have to train as we go. You see, training is more than teaching. It's showing as well as doing. Um, it's why I can't have someone teach me uh, how to do some home repair. Uh, I need people to show me. Uh, it's why I like instruction, I, well, it's, I don't like instruction manuals where it's just paper and it's just writing out, here's what you do. I like YouTube videos. I like YouTube videos to show me how things should get done. It's, it's why most people learn better by actually playing a board game rather than being told how to play a board game. In fact, some of those board games now, you can even just uh, get an, a YouTube video to show you how to play the game. It's pretty awesome. Uh, training says, I not only, uh, it says not only what to do, but how to do it, when to do it, where to do it, and why I do it. Training is the proper application of what has been taught being implemented at the proper time. So, can I just throw this out there? What happens at the church, oftentimes, it's teaching. What happens at home is training. As a parent, you hold the most important job ever, training your child in the way that he or she should go. Do not leave that job up to someone else. Don't leave it up to a school. Don't leave it up to a church. Don't leave it up to an electronic device, please. Being faithful to your child means faithfully doing the painstaking work of training your child. It's tough work. You're gonna need a lot of God's grace to do it well, but only you are best prepared to actually train your child yourself. Let me go ahead and I'm gonna throw in uh, something more here that I think the, that life in Jesus shows that we need to be faithful to. Uh, be faithful to your extended family. Now, some of you, when I say that, you're like, whoa, whatever, this, this fool done, done gone crazy now. He obviously doesn't know how crazy and loco my family is. No, actually I do because we all have crazy family. Am I right? And if you don't think that you have crazy family, unfortunately, you're probably the crazy family in your otherwise sane family. <laughs> family life can be tough, especially extended family life. Jesus had frustration with his family. Uh, there was one time where he was doing ministry and his family started to think that he was nuts. They tried to do an intervention with him. Here's what it actually says in Mark chapter 3. It says, a crowd was sitting around Jesus and they told him, your mother and brothers are outside looking for you. Who are my mother and brothers, he asked. Then he looked at those seated in the circle around him and said, here are my mother and brothers. Whoever does God's will is my brother and sister and mother. Now, I don't know, but it seems like Jesus was a little bit annoyed at his family right there. <laughs> but in the end, he was faithful to his family. Now, how do I know that? Mary, his mother, was there at his execution, mourning his death. James, his brother, became one of the most steadfast followers and even wrote a book of the, of the New Testament, one of my favorite books. It's called James. Uh, 
Now think about that. His brother became a follower of him. The same brother that probably heard people comparing him to his oldest brother all the time. I mean, think you've got it bad with the comparisons to your older siblings? How would you like to have always heard, hey, James, why can't you be more like Jesus, James? Probably got annoying for him, but in the end, he followed Jesus. Yeah, family was important to Jesus, and he was faithful to them. Sometimes his ministry didn't sit well with them. That's where we know that family was important, but even family took a back seat to what was most important. The only thing that trumps that relationship with your family is your relationship to God himself. Uh, faithfulness to family is, is just so important because it really speaks loudly about what we believe and what we value. Without value in family, it's, it's hard to really say that we value anything else that's good. But let me hit really quickly on a couple more things uh, that I think people need to be faithful to. Faithful people are faithful to the faith. I'm not, I'm not going to say too much about this one. Um, I think it's important, though, that we realize how we live out our faith really does matter to the world around us. Uh, back in the 1990s, my favorite band at the time was DC Talk, and they had a quote from a guy named Brennan Manning at the beginning of their song called What If I Stumble? And it said, uh, The greatest single cause of atheism in the world today is Christians who acknowledge Jesus with their lips and walk out the door and deny him with their lifestyle. That's what an unbelieving world simply finds unbelievable. Men, uh, fathers, every other human that's listening to this, people are watching you to see if your life looks anything like Jesus. Your faithfulness to the faith is going to either lead people to knowing Jesus more, or it's not. And that's a sobering thought for any of us. One more thing that I think faithful people do is this. They're faithful to, uh, faithful people are faithful to the fellowship. Now, this is actually different than being faithful to God, but it's not separate. Uh, part of that faithfulness to God is being faithful to his body, the church. Uh, now, I want, I want you to think about our Christian culture for a minute. We have a Christian culture where people often say, yeah, I'm a part of the church, but the reality is that no one really knows them in the church, nor do they know anybody in the church. Do we really believe that community with other believers is important, or do we just pretend that it is? How can you say that you're in community with others if you aren't known and they don't know you? People, they just don't treat uh, fellowship or community in the church like we once did. We, we think that we can do it all on our own. We've got all kinds of people who aren't team players. They're individuals trying to be uh, their best out on an island. But we are not meant to live on an island. We're always going to be better together. And that's how God designed you and me. That's, that's why God said that it wasn't good when Adam didn't have a companion in the Garden of Eden. We need people. We need community. We need it for our mental health. We need it for our spiritual accountability. Face it, whether you like it or not, you need the church. And I say that with a capital C, the church as a whole. We need other followers of Jesus in our lives. And dads, so do your kids. Try raising God-fearing children who don't have community with other God-fearing children and adults. Talk about something that's next to impossible. Uh, now, it may feel like I've, I've actually been beating you up a little bit this morning more than normal. I, I don't like doing that. I don't like telling you, like, here's, here's how you need to act, and if you haven't, you're probably doing something all wrong. Uh, I think some of this message today, it actually feels a little bit that way. But let me finish on a better note, a, a more gospel-centered note, all right? Here's the fourth thing I want to talk about. Faithful people are faithful to their failures. 
Now, I think this one might need a little bit of a, of a clarification. I'm obviously not saying here that you should fail and then be faithful to continue failing like that over and over and over again. That wouldn't be good. Uh, frankly, I'd be like <sighs> being the Vikings in the playoffs. You get close and you lose and then you do it again and you just hurt Vikings fans' feelings all over again. Don't be like that. What, what I mean here is this. Be humble. Be faithful to the fact that you are a man or a woman of many failures. Be faithful to the fact that you haven't yet fully arrived and there is room for growth in you each and every day. And Paul says it like this, that we haven't yet reached perfection, but we strain for it. I haven't reached perfection. I doubt you have, but I sure as heck want to be better tomorrow than I am today if there's anything that I can do about it. And I'm telling you, the person who continues to grow is a person that I can trust implicitly. That's because a person who is growing is someone who realizes that they have room for growth. That is good on so many levels. You know, in many churches, it's culturally unacceptable to have problems. It's called being sinful. But in an AA group, it's culturally unacceptable to be perfect because that's called denial. Well, guess what? We're all sinful and pretending that we are not sinful is denial to the nth degree. Uh, 1 John 1 verses 8 and 9 says, If we claim to be without sin, we we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. Be faithful to your failures by admitting that you have them. It's really the only way that you'll ever let God make you into a better man or woman. Uh, Dr. Henry Cloud says this, addicted people must admit their powerlessness and their need for God and others. Are you in an ever-present state of of mind where you're admitting to your powerlessness and your need for God. He's he's never asking you to be the perfect version of yourself because Jesus was that for you. Jesus was perfect because you couldn't be. But God wants to help you be a little bit more like that version of Jesus today. The most useful people in God's kingdom are people who realize that they are both fallen and forgiven. Now, here's the thing. You might, you might feel like you haven't been faithful in many of the areas that we've talked about today. Uh, you've probably fallen in plenty of ways. But we follow one who is better than we are. We follow one who forgives us for that fallenness. And he gives us the grace to have another chance. He gives us the victory to be better. He gives us the victory to be faithful going forward. So today, where do you want to let God grow you in faithfulness? Maybe it's your family that needs more of you. Maybe you've been giving a percentage of yourself today and not the whole thing. Today can be the day where you say, Lord, I want you to help me be more committed to my family than I was yesterday. Maybe it's your faith that needs more attention. Maybe you haven't been faithful to the community of believers around you. Maybe today you need to say, God, I can't do this on my own. I need other people. And I think others need me. Or, Or maybe you've been trying to pretend for too long that you're perfect and that you've got it all together. Maybe you're like the person in our proverb today. Uh, You've claimed a lot, but your life just doesn't really look like all of your claims. Maybe today is the day you say, Lord, here are my issues. I can't hide it any longer. I'm a mess. I need you to clean me up. Wherever you're at today, the beauty of it is that Jesus knows you are a mess. And he's standing by to make you less messy. A little less messy every day, in fact. 
Now we're gonna finish off here by, by taking communion together. And let's take this as a moment to remember what Jesus did in order to take away our dirty, the dirty mess of our sin. And let's put our faith in him, believing that he gives us a better way to a life of faithfulness and victory. Why don't you pray with me? Lord, I thank you so much that you, in going to the cross for us, you give us a victory that we can't have any other way. Uh, God, we are so many times, we are faulted people. We live faithless lives. We're not loyal when we need to be loyal. God, I pray this morning, as we remember what you did on the cross for us once again, we remember your body that you gave for us, your blood that you shed for us, and we think about your loyalty to us, your faithfulness to us, how you accept us even when we mess up. God, I pray that you would spur us on to greater faithfulness, that we would follow in the footsteps of Jesus, being faithful to the people around us, to the things that you want us to be faithful to. God, we we ask that you make us more like you today. And we thank you, though, that we have forgiveness and cleansing for those times where we failed. Uh, guide us today, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks again for joining us on the Central and Janesville podcast. Remember to check us out at centraljanesville.com. Have a great week.